Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Now, I have somebody really special on today to talk all about um, trying to find, you know, quote unquote, balance in starting your business, taking care of your family. Um, Maybe you have a part time job like this person or just like balancing multiple aspects in your life and in your business and then how to actually um, regain a little bit of balance by uh, really looking at meal planning and prepping and setting yourself up and your week up for success so that you can thrive in your business. Now I have my client Estefania Garcia here to talk about that and as a little bit of background she is a certified holistic nutritionist who specializes in helping families simplify meal time so they can skip the drive through save time and money, and make healthy eating their everyday normal with joy and ease. She is a board-certified holistic nutrition candidate and a graduate of the Functional Nutrition Program at Portland Community College. Her mission is to help families ditch the meal planning overwhelm and reconnect to healthy whole foods so they can have more fun at mealtime and more energy to thrive together. Estefania is a mom of two and lives in a small town in Newburgh, Oregon, with her husband, two young children, Golden Doodle, Napoleon, eight sheep, and a sassy llama named Colleen. I love that so much. That's amazing. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Estefania. Hi, Estefania. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. I know I am totally putting you out of your comfort zone by having you on, but um, you have so much good information to share from personal experience and then business experience in um, specializing families in getting really set up um, and meal planning, prepping, you know, for more organization, I think, in your lives and um clearing up a lot of time that, you know, can be wasted sometimes in the kitchen and things like that. So I'm really excited to have you here. And I would love for you to just start by telling us a bit about yourself and your nutrition business. Yeah, of course. So I am originally from Spain, actually from northern Spain, a region called Asturias. Um, I always love to make a little plug for for my region because not a lot of people know about it, but it's beautiful. The north coast of Spain, if anyone gets a chance to go. Uh, I love it there. I moved here in 2007 um, to be with my now husband, David. Um, we had met in college in 2003 in Spain, actually. And then we just dated long distance. And finally, by 2007, I was down with my undergrad. And I moved here to get my master's and then uh, be with David. So I got my master's actually in biology. So that's always been my background from my undergrad to my master's. And I got that in 2010. And since then, I, I've been working actually for 10 years as a biology college instructor. And I've been focusing on biology for, for health science occupations. So I work with a lot of students that are going into, into healthcare, so like nursing or x-ray techs, um, even those that were doing nutrition at the time. And um, how I actually came around to 
to this to having this interest in nutrition comes from personal health struggles, which I think a lot of us in the nutrition field can relate to. Um, I've always had digestive issues ever since being being a kid, so I would have a lot of um, bloating and cramping and constipation, like that actually took me to the emergency room a few times as a kid. Um, and then as an adult, that kind of got combined with anxiety, especially when I moved to the U.S. It was a big um, culture shock for me to to move here, mm-hmm. um, do life here, do grad school here. Everything kind of added together. So um, I finally got connected with a naturopathic doctor, my lovely doctor, Dr. Hudson, here in Portland, Oregon. Um, and she helped me heal my gut and manage my anxiety uh, through basically learning a lot of information about nutrition, what were the right supplements for me at the time, and also self-care. So this really gave me a new appreciation for food and nutrition beyond, you know, just like something that tastes good and is pleasurable and maybe like it's culturally relevant to you. So I learned more about food as being information and being the building block to our health. Um, So from here, I started making big changes to the way I was eating. So things like large, you know, coffee drinks in the morning that are flavored and have sugars, those were gone. Uh, I used to have like a chocolate hazelnut spread on everything, mm-hmm. uh, which was very sugary. Like, you know, I'm not going to say the brand, but that mm-hmm. <laughs> spread. And then even like mindlessly coming home from work and just snacking on like a bag of chips just out of the bag while I was watching TV, like those things um, slowly just went away. Because I realized how they made me feel and I realized the impact they were having on my health. Um, so I transitioned towards more of a whole food diet uh, and it was very value forward as well. That felt good for me and it made sense for, for me at the time. And then I just found a good rhythm for myself through through this new way of eating. Uh, but then you can fast forward to 2017 and then I'm a mom of two. Um, I'm still teaching as well. So I'm just busy mom on the go, basically. And although I had this sort of rhythm for myself, I, I guess I didn't know how to translate that now to, to embrace my family too. So I was not much of a meal planner at all. So I was just still like just grabbing breakfast and lunch at work or last minute takeout for dinner. Um, or just maybe trying to make a meal at home last minute and then realizing like I didn't have the ingredients I needed. Um, while then other food was going to waste because I was completely disorganized and it was just affecting us as a family um, and then me individually again with my with my symptoms. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was sort of time to, to talk with my husband and reevaluate our priorities. And um, since I already had an understanding of the importance of a nutrient-dense diet and whole foods, I just wanted to make sure that we made up this a priority for ourselves and our kids. So for all of us as a family um, and just making sure that I was offering a variety of foods and um, that we could have that sort of like family experience of cooking together and being in the kitchen together, which my husband actually grew up around that a lot. Like his family is a large family and they love always having big meals and cooking together. So we were trying to merge the love of nutrition as a science and healthy foods with just like family time around the kitchen. Um, so then just to 
to get more of a formal education on nutrition, I, that's when I got my nutrition certification. And that's when my son was one years old. He's now almost three. And um, that really helped me get in depth and in depth understanding of, of the nutrition science and, and bring this to, to our table. So um, I really wanted to find the idea that I just kept hearing this idea always in the media, right? And, and the commercials like, oh, there's no time to cook or you're too busy to cook. So all these commercials kind of telling you go buy something outside of your home. Families don't have time to cook for themselves. And um, I just wanted to fight that idea and to find a way to to cook at home, make healthy meals in a way that was easy. And uh, I just really want to help families learn this foundational knowledge and the skills so they can kind of taper off the drive through. For example, like this is what I like helping my clients with, like help you um, get away from the drive through the takeout and make more homemade meals at home with these. I enjoy. And maybe that was the answer. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I love that you shared all that. Um, and it's so nice to see like a picture, like I'm sure you didn't expect this to be where you're at right now, but the fact that, you know, you took kind of your past with your own health issues and then seeking the help from a natural path, um, and then transitioning your diet, but then that all, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't have kids, but I can only assume that when you have kids, that kind of all goes down the drain because now you're trying to look after these little people um, and keep them healthy that, you know, you're just, like you said, you're kind of in it. And for a lot of families, it's like, you're kind of just like hamster wheel, you know, go, go, go. And just like you said, you know, that mindset of like, you know, there's no time to really mm-hmm. sit back, reevaluate and make the changes. But it sounds like your family was able to do that. Um, and the fact that you want to help other people do that is great because I don't know about you guys listening, but, you know, I can have all of the nutrition knowledge and know what I, you know, quote unquote should be doing. But that doesn't mean that I always do it. And I'm not sure if you can relate to that, Stephania. Like, I'm curious kind of to segue um, into like the next question I wanted to ask was, how do you balance, you know, starting your business, taking care of your family, running a part-time job, teaching. Um, how do you keep, how do you wear all those hats and how do you keep things afloat for your family? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I like what you said before that you get into this hamster wheel and you just kind of go and go and go in um, without looking, taking a step back to look at how things are going and whether they're working or not that it's so that's exactly what happened to me so Mm -hmm. I'm basically in the thick of just trying to figure out how to balance things and it's challenging and especially right now we are living through basically extenuating circumstances so there's just this other layer of of a struggle and 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 challenge through it sorry so it took me a while to to really stop running on that autopilot that you were mentioning Stephanie um and yes I was just pushing myself to be on all the times, all of the day, all the days of the week. <laughs> so especially when we went into the pandemic and to be at home, I guess within the first month I was completely burnt out because I was trying to still be at the cell, at the same level of uh, of work in all aspects of my life as I was before. And mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't work out. So finally, I started paying attention to to what were the daily practices that would actually help me balance things out. So that's when I finally took that step back that you were, you were mentioning, right? To, to look at the routine and what's working and what's not working. So I have some tips that I can share, but um, 
also want to say that this I'm, these tips are for me, like I'm still practicing them. So even though I've kind of figured out a good, a good, a few things that work for us as a family and for me with my business and my kids, um, is it still a practice? So some days are more balanced than others. And, um, you still have to continuously kind of check back that you're not getting caught up again in the hamster wheel of doing. Yeah, that's a really good point. I would love for you to share these tips because I can relate to this so much where I'm like, okay, I have a you know pretty good handle on a few aspects in my life, but you know, I, I hate to uh, acknowledge this. You know, sometimes eating healthy or eating at all throughout the day can be hard for me because I'm just sitting at my desk working. So I would love these yeah. tips where, you know, I'm sure so many people listening can implement and I myself will implement everything you're teaching today. Of course, yeah. So the first thing really is um, a bit of a structure and it can be just light structure, uh, but just having something in place can be really helpful because there are just many competing demands, um, not just for me specifically because I'm having a part-time job starting a business in being a mom, but anyone that is running a business, there are many competing demands even within the business, even if you don't consider your life outside. So having a bit of a structure can help can really help. So for us, for example, what works in our family um, is that um, we have created a simple structure around times for like waking up, nap or quiet time and bed time, as well as meal times. So our day is kind of structured around those things. And then we all know that after breakfast, my daughter has school on Zoom for an hour. So I'm helping her through that. And my husband is managing the little guy. Um, even if he's in a Zoom meeting for his work, he's still like offering some playtime to the little one. Um, then we know after class, the, the kids go outside to play. And I can actually go outside with them and bring my computer and just supervise them a little bit while I'm doing work. Um, then it's lunchtime. And then after lunchtime, my son still takes a nap, which is wonderful. He kind of still sleep about two hours, and that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And my daughter has a bit of a quiet time, which generally now means I sit down with her to do some school homework. And as I supervise her doing homework, I also try to do my own work. If I have to answer emails or anything like that, I can kind of do both things together. And after nap, then it's a time where either they go back outside or actually just let them watch a show for about an hour so I can have more more work time. And then we transition to dinner time and bedtime. So right now that structure works. We're all at home, both my husband and I are able to work from home through um through the pandemic right now. And uh, this is kind of how we've set it up to work because um if we don't have that structure, it just feels like the day goes by and you don't do as much you just kind of let the, the, the day go and um mm -hmm. you don't see it as as it's chaotic and then everybody's cranky about something so mm -hmm. with kids at home they do need a bit of a structure and even if every day it changes a little bit um they do like to have an expectation like they like to know what to expect it actually helps them transition better from one thing to the next if they know what's coming next so even though it's very simple we this is kind of what we're trying to do now yeah um i mean 
like I can imagine this is especially important for kids like to have that structure. But just like you mentioned, like having family structure or having personal structure for those that are listening that maybe don't have a family and they're just on their own solo, you know, even in the weird world that we're living in right now with the pandemic, you know, creating a structure where you wake up, you maybe you block certain times out during your day to do your work and then maybe some movement time and maybe some time with friends or whatever it is. I think that will go a long way because if not, the day kind of gets away on you. Yeah. And then like you said, you end up cranky or you end up not feeling fulfilled in, in your day. Um, the other question that I have is, you know, how important is it for you if you are living with um, a partner for you with your husband? Like how important is it to communicate um, these structures with them? Do they need to be on board too? Or should you as the like, um, I don't know, mom or the runner of the household or the person that's maybe like supporting the other people in your family, should it just be on you? Or should it be like everybody in the house is on board with the structure? Uh, yes, I think everybody should be on board with it. Um, the more people on board, uh, the more people buy into it, the more they're going to do it. And uh, I, I like this idea sometimes of thinking as your family is like, is there your roommates? So you're mm -hmm. all at the same level <laughs> versus mom in chief supersedes everything that changes to everybody's a roommate. So everybody should be equally contributing to, to making this a space, right? Um, enjoyable. So yeah, communication is so important with my husband and we're not great planners ahead um, in that regard, but at least the night before we talk about, okay, tomorrow, when do you have meetings? When do I have meetings? How do we, um, hand off the kids around those times? And, um, just try to, even if it's just a simple conversation, like a two minute conversation, we just have an expectation of how the next day is going to go. Um, obviously it's flexible because things change, especially with children, but having that little conversation and having a buy-in from everyone in your family, it's really important. Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings, and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to www.stephanielong.ca slash membership, and be sure to use the code podcast in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. Okay, so we've got some structure. We need to make sure communication is there. What is the next tip you would give? So I would say learning to compartmentalize a little bit um, as you're going through the day and engaging in different aspects of your life. So, for example, if I'm sitting down with my daughter to help her with the school, I'm just doing that. Um, and I try to keep my brain there because it can just go about, you know, it can go to I have emails that aren't unanswered. I haven't written this content piece for Instagram or um, I haven't done this meal plan for a client. But so I've been, and then you start to feel really resentful of what you're doing. So I've been just having a structure and knowing I'm going to get to do that later because I have this one and a half hours blocked for that. That's really good. So I just tell myself, this is your time to do homework with your daughter and support her through these. She 
needs you to be present um, and you have time later for the rest. So push it out. <laughs> and it's almost like a mindfulness practice, right? Every time it comes mm-hmm. back into your brain, you push it out. <laughs> um, and then if I'm outside in the garden or relaxing with my family, also try to stay in that moment. So com- I think compartmentalizing is important because otherwise you start to have these sort of thoughts that continue to creep in about your to-do list. And it just, you spend so much time in that ruminating state versus in the doing state. And then you don't quite enjoy any piece of your day because you were always letting all these intrusive thoughts get in the way, um, which for me, because I, with my anxiety, that's something that I'm even more vigilant of because that's how my anxiety creeps back in for me, having all these intrusive thoughts and not able, not being able to focus on things and um, always thinking about what's next. So I think compartmentalizing it's can be very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like so true, especially as an entrepreneur. Oh my gosh, do you need to compartmentalize? Like you have a million ideas running through your head at one time that, like you mm-hmm. said, if you don't kind of put each thing in its own box and be in the moment, you're like, how are we enjoying life, right? It ends up being like, why are we, everything is just, all of the energy is going towards working or is going towards, like you said, ruminating about the next thing, thinking about the next thing, which can be really tricky. And then I think that's when those feelings of inadequacy come up. So I really love that you shared that. And something I know you talk about a lot is like micro moments. So can you explain what you mean by micro moments and how we might be able to fit those in? Uh, yes, of course. I, I actually love that concept of micro moments. So um, from being so from having my kids in daycare or preschool to now being home with them all the time, I've gone from having, you know, like hours at a time to myself to do whatever I needed to, to do for the day to just finding sometimes like little windows of opportunity, 10, 15 minutes. And I just been trying to use those 10, 15 min- minutes for something meaningful that either moves my business forward or helps me be more organized for dinner time or gives me um, self-care that I need. So I have an app now So for yoga and Pilates, so 10 to 15 minute workouts, maybe twice a day, and I'm happy with that. Um, or 15 minutes really quickly answering a few emails that were on my inbox or 15 minutes to write down a few pieces of like Instagram content or at least ideas or 15 minutes to just pop in and order my groceries or for meal planning. So I guess I like that I can find like small bursts of like really focused work, whatever it is, like whatever the task it is. Um, Yeah, just kind of learning that even though in the beginning I thought I need 90 minutes to do this workout and shower and all this leisure time, it's kind of gone. But it doesn't mean that I can't find some time for for those practices that still support me and that, that they don't have to take so long. Yeah, absolutely. You just like make do with the time you have mm-hmm. and you make it like super focused time. Um, but my question is, you know, how do you choose what is the best thing to focus on, especially when it comes to your business? Because it probably feels like there's 20, 30, 50 things that are urgent. But how do you know when you only have 15 minutes? Like, what are you working on during those 15 minutes? That's a great question. And um, as, um, you know, as a new entrepreneur, um, I never even thought of myself as a business person whatsoever um, in the beginning. I was just looking at all like the landscape of things that you could be doing, how many things you could be doing on your business 
it's overwhelming. There's just so much and you don't even know where to put your time. So now I've sort of gotten to a place where I'm thinking of my top one or two goals for my business at, a, at any given time. So in the past, it was to identify who I'm working with and how I'm helping them. And I got through that work, um, thanks to working with you, Stephanie, as my mentor. Um, so that piece is there, like exactly how I help people. Now, my big piece of my business right now is marketing and getting in front of ideal clients. So what I'm going to be asking myself through the day is what I'm doing right now, is it supporting that? And is this um, email I'm sending um, going to support my marketing efforts? Is it going to put me in front of a potentially ideal client? And if the answer is yes, then it's time that I feel like it's well spent. But if I find myself like, updating my website pictures again or mm-hmm. that seems more like the busy work because you know we have per- perfectionistic tendencies i think many times mm-hmm. when we get into the entrepreneurial world with um personal brand and a personal business so you could be doing all those little things that you you kind of love because it's like tending to your baby mm-hmm. but the question is are they are they making the progress in your business that you want at that time so so right now, everything I do is from the perspective of marketing, getting in front of a possible idea client so that I can actually offer them a solution and help them. Um, so that's how I've been focusing, basically, like identifying what I should be working on my on my business right now with the time that I have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And something that always comes to my mind, just like you said, is, you know, really evaluating like, okay, um, an opportunity comes in or an email comes in or a potential like collaboration or whatever it is comes in. And like a lot of the times our body, like if we really tap into it, our body is going to really say like, yes, I really want to do this. This is going to be so great. It's going to be, you know, like you said, put me in front of more business opportunities or more ideal clients where sometimes we feel that no and you know we just need to really tap into listen to that and not only from like a like an energy standpoint of like is this going to bring me energy yes or no but also from like a strategic standpoint of you know is this opportunity actually going to move my business forward especially when you have limited time like I love everything you shared because it's really about like you said those micro moments but if you're filling the micro moments doing things that don't really drive your business forward, then you're not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I love that you shared all of this. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so I know that you had mentioned to me that your friend shared a quote recently that really made you think, why don't you share it with everybody and kind of give us some background why it really stuck with you? Yeah, so um, one of my good friends, she was sharing this quote from the writer uh, Nora Roberts, I think, um, that she was asked about how she was managing writing books with her family. Um, and what she said is that sometimes you just have to like realize that, yes, you may have a lot of balls in the air, uh, but some of those balls are made of plastic and other ones have, are made of glass, um, which really helps you prioritize what are the things that really need to happen. So at any given moment, uh, with all these balls in the air, um, some of them have to be kept in the air. Other ones could drop life would still be okay. So if you can figure out what those balls are, um, that's important because maybe right now is that you have to be with your child because they really need your support with the school or with a personal struggle. And that's more important or more needed than maybe writing a guest blog that you have an opportunity for, but is not what's as needed right now. But maybe another time 
Um, it could be that it's more important to follow up with possible clients that maybe going to your kid's soccer practice because your partner can do that for you, right? So I really like this because um, it helps you think. So stay in the moment and stay engaged with your life. Like what is the most important thing right now? And also be, I think this is the ultimate balance in a way. We can't be always balanced. We can't have always the perfect mm -hmm. business, the perfect family, um life and the balance to me really is that sometimes one of them becomes a little bit more important and then the other one becomes more important and you kind of go back and forth depending on the season of your life and what's needed um and i just think that describes it so well that some balls are made of glass some of them are made of plastic and learn to identify what is really important versus what might just be maybe busy work or that you don't require, it doesn't require your immediate attention. Mm, yeah, 100%. And one thing that I like um, kind of reminding myself is, you know, and it depends everybody's personal situation, but, you know, do you need to be the one doing everything? And this comes down to delegation or automation. You know, what, and here's like a little bit of an exercise for all of you to do. Write down the word automation, um, delegation, and eliminate. And now I, what I'd love for you guys to do is figure out, you know, what can you automate in your business? Can this be automating your social media posts? Could it be automating um, something like in your calendar? Can it be uh, like your client onboarding system? And then delegate maybe like a lot of the time that you're spending right now, you could delegate to a virtual assistant or you could have, you know, a friend do, you know, three hours of work for you a week to, you know, follow up with some clients and then eliminate could be just those time wasters. You know, I know a lot of people say scrolling on Instagram, being on social media, whatever it is that we're wasting time with, you know, really taking an assessment for where you're at and then putting that plan of action into place, which I think kind of goes back to what you're saying where it's like, what's the most important and what can wait and some of those things can we actually push them to somebody else that could do that to support us yes that's um that's wonderful we've been talking about that in our marketing group uh this weekend i really like that activity too yeah it's something i love doing with clients because i just don't think we think about that a lot we're like oh i i just have to do all the things but it's like you know there are all these resources whether that's like paying somebody to do it or just investing in a program that's going to do it for you so yeah i mean that's a whole other topic but it's definitely a way to help with that organization and achieve that you know quote unquote balance or you know at least a little bit of consistency in the business and I wanted to go back to what I said in the beginning of this question, which is that even though these are a great set of practices that I use to help myself stay balanced, my days don't always look this way. This is really just a practice. And sometimes it can just be so easy to go back to this idea of wanting to do everything, wanting to be everything for everyone. So it does take constant checking to make sure you didn't get yourself off balance and you might be overworking uh, or over caring for certain things that you could actually have delegated or completely eliminated. So it is a practice and it takes you to sort of pause and notice sometimes your, your trends and what you're doing because um, there is just so much push, I feel like, these days for doing it all agenda. And I think especially with moms, that can be tricky. We can't really get ourselves into that mentality. 
So please, for any business mom out there, any nutritionist who is trying to start her practice and also run their family, right? I just want to say rest and ask for help when you need it. I think those are two huge things that we do need to remind ourselves so that we don't end up exhausted from, from just serving everyone around us and not ourselves. Because at the end of the day, our mental health and our physical health are, are just crucial for us to stay happy and to really bring our best to our families and the most excitement for our business as well. So resting and asking for help are huge. So I'd love to now just dig into uh, meal prepping and planning because this is your area of expertise. It's where you thrive. It's what you know. Like you said, it was never maybe something you started out doing or intended to do, but it's something you've implemented to help your family. So um, how has it played a role in keeping things organized? Like, is it really crucial or um, is it just like a nice to have thing for your family? Yeah, no, it is so important. And um, even before the pandemic that now we're always together it was already important but it has been exacerbated now because there is less time to to do last minute ideas for meals so we we do a lot of more meal planning ahead so without it meal time just would be really stressful because especially when you have kids um, and they need to eat they need to eat now they <laughs> they get hungry and if you don't have a plan there is always this sort of moment of panic and and many times even comes down to just having an idea if you at least have the idea like tonight we're gonna make these tacos or tonight we're gonna make this soup um, in the pressure cooker just that is a huge at least for me weight of your shoulders if if you have a plan, even if you haven't prepped for it, but you know you have everything you need, it just sets you up for dinner time in a whole different way that you just, you know what to expect. It's almost like your kids, they love to know what to expect. As adults, I think we do too. So we approach mealtime just with a whole different attitude, um, which which I think is much better. So, and yeah, from a perspective of eliminating possible meltdowns from children to a to also the perspective that you as an as an adult just wanna have a plan so that you don't panic in the in the last minute. So also it's important um, for us meal planning even more since we're trying to be very um, conscious of what we're eating in the sense of making sure that we're doing nutrient dense whole foods, home cooked meals. Then planning is is really important if you're trying to to take that on to yourself, right? Versus maybe ordering out. So it's important because if you have that plan, then it will decrease the chances of the last minute takeout, for example. And also it's going to save you time and money and reduce food waste by the end of the week. So yes, it's super important and we have gotten into a better rhythm and a better system of doing it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can totally see how, like you're saying now more than ever, it's important because you have less time. Um, money, you know, right now with the instability of the world, you know, we all want to be saving a little bit more money um, and like reducing that food waste, like, you know, optimizing everything we have in the kitchen um, or utilizing everything that we have. And I think kind of another point of this um, is also just like supporting our mental health, because as we all know, listening, um, you know, nutrition plays such a big role in our mental health. And if we're just grabbing takeout um, and not really like feeding our brain and feeding our gut, all those healthy foods, we might spiral a little bit and, you know, 
just like I said, the world is in a bit of a tough place right now, that that's not another a layer that we should be adding on um, to kind of uh, overtake ourselves. So yeah, having that plan and schedule for yourself and your family just seems like a win at the end of the day. I think so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now we know that it's important. Um, We know all the reasons why we should uh, be doing this. Now, what are some strategies that you would actually uh, tell everybody listening um, on how to actually meal prep or plan? And I know that a lot of people listening have nutrition background. They might be meal preppers themselves. But I think at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, we can know a lot of the things we should be doing, but we might not be doing them or we might not be doing them in the most efficient way. So I'm curious as to, yeah, like three to five strategies that you have that you can share with us. Yeah. So I would say first of them, if this is accessible to you, to basically just organize yourself to get all your groceries just once a week. This is going to save you time and also it's going to help you be more organized with with meal planning Uh, because if you're just buying once a week, you want to think ahead, right, of what you're going to be making so that you can get all the ingredients you need. Um, So before March, we basically, I would pop into the store multiple days a week for last minute things that I needed, but um, I would also end up buying other things that I never planned. So. I was spending more money than now. Now we kind of got into a budget and we can hit it well um, because we only buy once a week. So that is saving us, is saving us money and is helping us be more organized. And then also if your grocery store has a pickup option that you can maybe buy online and then just go pick up, that can also save you a lot of time. And um, for us, what really helps too is um, our grocery store, when we buy online, it always saves our purchases. So I can always go back to my previous purchase and just add in from there what I need for the week because many times we buy similar things week to week. So instead of like look, instead of searching for it, um, I can just go back to previous purchases and find it. So that saves me time as well instead of searching. That's smart. That's really smart. Um, I would assume too then we don't want to be necessarily ordering things that we already have, um, which I'm I'm guessing like means taking a look at kind of what what we already have on hand. That's right. Yeah. So the other thing would be um, to kind of look into your fridge in pantry or freezer uh, before you go to the store or before you order online and just take inventory because you may already have some leftover foods that are maybe going to go bad. So planning meals would be really helpful, um, especially like plan them out early into the week so that you can use any last minute produce um, so it doesn't go bad. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm assuming then planning is the name of the game because um, we can have all the groceries, but if we don't know what we're going to make, then that's when the food waste happens. Yes, exactly. So planning ahead as many meals as you're comfortable with, right? So if you're just starting with meal planning, maybe that for you, the comfort level is just maybe two or three dinners and maybe two breakfasts for the week. So don't feel like you have to go from zero to a hundred overnight because this can be overwhelming. And um, I used to be so overwhelmed by meal planning. It just felt almost like unsurmountable. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So I couldn't even wrap my, my head around planning all my meals. Um, so it's always just remembering that it's small, gradual changes that you can actually maintain and enjoy. Otherwise, you're just not going to stick with it. So if you just plan out maybe three dinners and two breakfasts, and then 
get these pantry and freezer staples that you can pull together into like last minute meals without having to have it specifically like scheduled and, and planned out. And something that I I recommend to to clients can be is to start with like a menu rotation system. So um, when I say a menu rotation, it just means that every day of the week is kind of set up for a different type of meal. For example, Monday is a one pan meal. Tuesday is taco Tuesday or some other delicious Mexican food. Uh, Wednesday is a soup day. So that even though you're still going to have to pick what's your soup or what's your um, meal is within a topic. And it just makes it a little bit easier um, to to search for those recipes and kind of fill in the gaps for the week. So if you're a new if you're new at meal planning, you could use that as a as a little tip as well. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking like why haven't I done that before? <laughs> Taco Tuesday sounds like the best idea, um, and it's something to look forward to, right? You as as long as you're creating meals that you really love, it's like you you just don't. It takes a guesswork out. It's like okay, Tuesday I'm gonna have tacos. I mean, I guess in a sense someone could argue then that you're not really like practicing intuitive eating, but I like the idea that you could still know the base of the meal, but you could like put any toppings on or you can make it like any different flavor. It's just like knowing that that's kind of the structure for the meal. And then you can kind of do any kind of play on that. Yes. Yeah. We, we love that. Even with tacos, one we can be is, you know, like vegetarian or the seasonal veggie, maybe like last night we did, um, we did tacos that had, um, delicata squash, which we mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. right now, which is something that we wouldn't do during the summer. Like during the summer, we're doing summer squash and tomatoes. So it kind of still changed through the seasons and it still stay relevant and kind of fun as you, as you try it out. Yep. Yeah. So do you look at cookbooks? Like do you, are you like a cookbook fanatic and you're always like grabbing new cookbooks or are you more of like a Pinterest person or like where do you find these recipes or are you just a natural cook and you don't need a recipe? So one, I am not a natural cook. <laughs> and I like out loud and for everyone to, to just know that, that you can be a nutritionist and not be a natural cook is something you can practice and learn. Because um, I even actually, even though I grew up in Spain, I didn't grow up um, just learning how to cook this amazing food in my house. Like my mom, I don't know, she would just close herself in the kitchen and it was her time. And um, I wasn't, it was not that I wasn't allowed, but it wasn't shared with me very much what was happening. So I didn't really learn to cook until I moved to the U.S. and I was on my own. And um, and then the way I cooked really transitioned as I changed my diet. So I've been learning to cook things that uh, that I like, that are healthy, that feel good for my body and that my family likes. But my husband is a real chef in the family. He's an amazing cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like cookbooks. We have them in the kitchen, probably like six or seven that are our go-tos. And then just a couple of like apps that we use or um, so applications that have recipes. But I don't like going to Pinterest. For me personally, um, I become very overwhelmed um, and I can find myself just scrolling through and just finding that everything is super exciting and not being able to sort through it. Um, so normally go to a few go-to uh, books. That's the most helpful for us. And also some of our favorite family recipes that we kind of rotate through as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess after you make it a number of times, it kind of mm-hmm. becomes your own recipe or you just 
you kind of start to learn it. So you might not have to reference the book. You're like, oh, okay, if I know it's tacos, you can kind of start playing around a little bit, I'm yeah. sure, because you have the base. And then it's like, you can just be a little creative with all the extras you want to add in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then um, also meal prepping a little bit can be so helpful. So if, when you come to the store these days, if you're washing your produce, just take that moment to also like chop it up. And then that way, whenever you want to use veggies for the week, you don't feel as, you know, it doesn't drag you down that you have to cut it or prepare it. It's already done and waiting for you. I think it really increases your chances of using your produce if it's ready to go versus if you have to clean and uh, and then prepare. And then also if you have time, you could do things such as um, cooking, like maybe just set up an hour a week where you cook one or two grains for the week and then you roast some veggies so you can do even two trays at a time so whenever you're doing something just try to optimize it right if your oven is on then do two trays of veggies instead of one um if you're doing a grain just do enough portions for the whole week or at least for like three to four days just make sure food safety that it doesn't go bad but um maybe an hour a week of meal prepping i think just can also set you up to be more likely to to end up cooking those foods for the week or eating those foods during the week. Yeah. You've actually been inspiring me with everything you're posting on Instagram and just like having our chats through our coaching too of like, okay, it's not that hard. Like I keep telling myself that. So I've been doing more batch cooking and uh, cooking like brown rice for the week and things like that. And it's just so nice to be able to, you know, um, just in the evenings, not have to cook the whole meal. It's just reheating um, or just having those things, those staples and like making like one portion of the meal to add to it, not the entire meal. So that's been so helpful for me. Um, Glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm learning a lot. Um, The last thing I was curious about, because you mentioned like how you grew up wasn't necessarily like the household where like you were in the kitchen with your mom and you were cooking and it was this like shared experience. Now, because you work more with families and specifically meal planning, prepping and trying to like eliminate time lost, do you recommend that families cook together so they can spend that quality time together? And also, I guess, in a sense, get things done. Well, hopefully a little bit faster Mm because all hands are on deck. I really do. Yes, I, I really love to get the whole family involved. And so I think children do love to have their opinions heard, right? And they this actually makes them more excited when mealtime comes around. So if they've identified a couple of meals that they would like you to make for the week, and then they help you pick the ingredients and they help you chop things up and steer things. Um, my, my kids are always on the kitchen counter <laughs> in a safe mm-hmm. way always but they're always there looking at what's happening and trying to steer things up and and we have um this safe this kids knives that are safe for children they're made of silicone so they can't hurt themselves so they love to do that and they just love to do whatever the adults are doing so this really is fun for them and then they can also take measurements as well so you can even bring some learning for my kindergartner like think about math you know how many tablespoons or how many cups or just maybe even bring some learning in there for them as they're doing it but if they're participating in the meal they're so much more likely to want to eat it and also to be gaining that appreciation for family time around the table so I really do recommend it for families I mean obviously it's going to be messier because kids are messy and sometimes it might take a little longer but it's worth it in the long term for what you're going to gain and what your kids are going to gain and this is a big piece of 
what I do with my clients. I really want to to bring their kids into it. And because sometimes kids can get a little selective with what they eat or they don't eat. And the more they participate in the kitchen, the more they see how things are prepared, the more likely they are to try something. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching them like such an incredible skill for lifetime. Like I remember going to university and being like, in my, you know, sec- after being in my first year and having a meal plan and everything was cooked for me, um, or sorry, a meal card. And then in second year being like, what do I make? I don't know what to cook. I think I knew how to make pasta um, and maybe like macaroni and cheese. So um, giving them the skill set now is going to be so helpful. Plus you're maximizing family time, which I think is the most important thing. So I absolutely love that. Now, Lastly, I just want to ask you if you can just give us like super quick, like one to two uh, alternatives. If somebody's there, like, you know what? I love the idea of meal planning and prepping, but it's not going to happen. I, you know, quote unquote, don't have the time or like, it's just not going to happen. So I know you don't want to leave people stranded that this is the only way for them to succeed. I know you have many tools under your belt. So what would be like one or two ways that they could still eat healthy without having to meal prep or plan? Yeah, so I would say two big things. So one of them is the stocking of your pantry and your freezer with basic things that you can throw together, as well as if you can, if you have a pressure cooker, because that you can pull together a meal so quickly with your pressure cooker. So those are my two big tips, and then I'll give you some more information on them. So, um, so for example, with the stocking your pantry or your freezer, what we do is we have um a running tap basically of our family favorites on our fridge and I mean uh, family favorite recipes and I always try to keep make sure that we have the ingredients that we need for those Um, so on a day where I did a meal plan or or meal prep I'm normally looking for ideas so I just look at my fridge the ideas are right there and I know I'm stuck to make any of those meals because we we keep replenishing our our kitchen with those um, with those items so you no longer have to wonder what's for dinner because you have already a list in front of you that, of things that you know your family likes and you know you have the ingredients. So that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, yes, any life, there are so many lifesavers that you can have in your pantry and your freezer. So beans, rice, quinoa, you can turn that quickly into a bowl with any veggies that you still have around. Of course, there is pasta. And if you have, um, we normally have like a tomato sauce around and we doctor that up with extra veggies. Um, We also love having canned salmon because we can turn that into salmon cakes pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. the kids really love them. And um, also having frozen root vegetables as well as some coconut milk, we can make a quick soup with them. Um, which is we all enjoy and we normally have our soups. I don't know why we love to add something salty. So we normally have them with like peanut butter and toast always like our mm-hmm. peanut butter and toast. It's a combo that we have. <laughs> and for the pressure cooker, you can even throw in there frozen fish and it's going to be ready in like 20 minutes probably between pressurizing and depressurizing. So frozen fish with some veggies, spices and coconut milk and you have a really good um, sort of like fish curry. So good. Um, rice with veggies in the pressure cooker, a bean soup, um, chili. So you can also get a little creative. Like if you don't have everything you need for a given recipe, just get creative because the pressure cooker, um, you're going to be able to come up with something good that will happen fast and with minimal cleaning, which I always enjoy too. 
Um, so those are my two big my two big recommendations. But also, just remembering that a dinner doesn't always have to look like a dinner or what you think a dinner needs to look like. So you can still have a scrambled eggs or a scrambled tofu in a side salad or make tuna salad or chickpea salad on toast or with greens um, or just a sandwich and a salad or have a picnic style meal with all different kinds of veggies and your you know whole grain crackers, hummus. So it can be still playful and fun. There's no need to have a quote-unquote proper meal every time as long as you you know you're giving your family the food groups right that you have some protein in there some uh, fiber some healthy fats this is all gonna be great Mm, I love shakuri boards that is like all I eat (laughs) it's like the selection of the little picnic style Um, so I'm totally on board for that and also I don't have a pressure cooker. So I feel like it's been so life-changing for people that I might, I, I was just thinking like, do I have time to go and pick one up at the store today? Because I would love to start using one. It sounds so effortless. They are. Yeah. I grew up with one. My parents have a pressure cooker and they do all kinds of things in there. And um, we just got one about a year ago and it's been super helpful for our family too. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Well, this has been so awesome, so educational. I've learned so many different tips in terms of like, um, you know, trying to get a little bit more balance strategies for uh, implementing like little kind of work dates or work time throughout your day, um, the essentials for like meal prepping and planning and what to do if you can't meal prep or plan. Uh, I just think this has been super informative and actionable. So Thanks so much for coming on. And I would absolutely love it if you could share um, your website or where people can find you on Instagram, or even if you have like a freebie for them to download, uh, whether or not they have a family and they just want to learn more from you. Yes, of course. But thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me over. And uh, also, uh, I love working with you as a client. So if anybody's listening, looking for a mentor, (laughs) Stephanie is wonderful. She'll be a friend and she'll be always extremely kind and supportive. So she's been wonderful to work with. Um, And then, yes, from my information, so you can find me at nutritiontranslated.com. That's my website. And on Instagram, you can find me at Nutrition Translated LLC. And I do have a freebie for download, which is basically your ultimate pantry and freezer guide, which as we were talking about can be super helpful for for just meal planning or just last minute meals. So I can give you the link if you want to post it on your on your site so that people can download it if they need it. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes for you guys along with her website and Instagram. Definitely follow along. She has so many tips. Like I said, I do not have kids and I learn so much from her. So it's definitely worth the follow. And yeah, thank you again so much for coming. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Stephanie. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.